Mornings are better with a warm beverage, even for Latter-day Saints. Meet Postum, the ideal coffee alternative and proud sponsor of This Week in Mormons podcast. Spotted on the coffee aisle at Smith's Grocery or at your local nearby store. Can't locate it? No worries. Order it at postum.com. Explore delicious recipes to tailor your Postum experience. Start your day off right with Postum. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of TWIM with the TWIM siblings. This week in Mormons. You're hey, welcome. It's going good. Da- How are you doing, Maddie? <laughs> the Daniels already have uh, theme music for us. It's <laughs> really you- good, but sometimes people want me to sing the throwback version, too. I'm here for you. No, it's true. I like I like when you sing kind of, uh, yeah. what are we going to call this, jingles? I like it when jingles. you sing jingles. I'll try and come up with a lot of jingles. For our various What's been segments? going on in your world, Matt? We're moving um, right now. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Don't worry. I'm coming tomorrow morning to help you. I didn't forget. No, <laughs> I didn't forget. And tomorrow, my wife turns 45 years old. Wait, did you ask her permission? Women are sensitive about ages and things. Well, the reason I say the number is because since she's into math, we always oh, get true. excited when it's a prime number birthday. <laughs> that's true. That's very her. Yeah, so, so prime like 43 number is kind of, yeah, 40. Yeah. So anyhow, okay. it's like, hey, Sandra, 45, it's a prime number. She's like, no, it's not. I'm like, Wait, oh, yeah. is it not? Nine times five, three times oh, yeah. 15. There's a lot of things that, but wow. anyhow. Okay. So the plan is that we will move on her birthday, load up the moving truck, and then we'll spend a couple hours cleaning our house after Aww. we move out. And then what a good uh, birthday! Nothing <laughs> says turn forty-five like pack up your whole life and then clean for a day. I know she's a real sweetheart. She's a champ. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exciting. You? You're moving. Um, you're moving back oh. to the big Idaho permanently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We I've been commuting to my job at BYU Idaho from Logan. And mm-hmm. so I will commute no more. She still has, yeah. she still teaches at Utah State. So she'll right. have One to come back. One of you's got to commute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday. We're going to move to Idaho. And so you can, you can commute commuting. and not me. <laughs> you guys have a great done. marriage. You are a couple goals. I'll tell you what. She'll be done uh, with her PhD. Uh, she defends in the middle of March. So. Okay. Yeah. It won't be too long that she commutes to Logan. Yeah. Well, good. Good for you. Um, Do you want to know what's going on in my life? I sure do. (sighs) Literally nothing. I've had the quietest quietest couple weeks. I really have. You went to St. George. I did go to St. George. I got some sun. I played pickleball. Um, Highlight, I beat my husband multiple times. Um, that's the that's the real reason why couples play pickleball because there right. seems to be less of a gender gap in that sport. That's probably true. I did get some side secret coaching from my son. He's kind of a tennis champion, yeah. And so he was watching right. me play pickleball, and he was like, uh, "You need some basic understanding." And I was like, "Okay, well, <laughs> coach me, but not your dad, and let's see how that goes." And it went really good. But then, like the last time we were playing, my husband was like, "Okay, I." I've been noticing what you're doing, like your, your positioning and the way that you're not having to run over here when I do this. So he kind of learned by watching me and then he started to get better. So I don't think I'm going to win anymore. So it's a short yeah. victory, but it was a little victory, but mainly I need sunshine this time of year. And, and that yeah. was good. That was good yep. for me. So yeah. 
I went down to Las Vegas during the Super Bowl to get sun, oh, yeah. and it, it was horrible weather. It was not sunny. And oh, was nice. it really? Huh. Yeah. Also, but I have was- to say, Las Vegas during the Super Bowl is way fun. That's a great time to go. Huh. Mm-hmm. Do you say I so? I don't know if it'll happen again anytime soon, but there were so many free activities and so oh. many celebrities you could see, and it oh, was just but fun. But weren't there so many crowds of people? I don't enjoy vacationing with the entire universe. Surprisingly, it wasn't that crowded. Like Vegas oh, really? is kind of spread out, and so and there's all the casinos. So there's so many people doing stuff inside the casinos that mm-hmm. we were kind of we'd be out on the strip, and there would be like events at very outside of various casinos with famous I people, see. and so it was really fun. They'd give away free stuff, and I, it, okay. it was great. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad. But it wasn't okay. sunny. It was it was like a rainy, cold Vegas time. All right, I'm I'm sorry and, for you. And Taylor Swift did not say hi to me. I and so wow. I was. Did a you sing down. the songs? You you know all of her songs, every word. I did. I I tried to stand out by the airplanes when they were landing nice and sing. Me too. Where you been? <laughs> that right. one. Yeah, I tried. No, but no. okay. I, n- nothing. I I wasn't aware when she was landing, so I was na- unable to see her. Although She's I did go to the She's in love with somebody wildly more good looking and famous than you, so sh- you probably didn't draw her attention. I'm sorry. But what do he and I have in common? He uh, hosts a podcast. Oh, I host yes. a podcast. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay. But other ways, we're not the same. It's true. Okay. Okay. Let's get to the news, Melissa. Let's do it. Let's do our quick clips. Okay. So this first news story isn't actually like out there as a news story. It's just something mm-hmm. I learned recently. And then I went sleuthing on the internet and oh, I found good. out about it. And I think it'll you know be interesting to discuss. A 10 out of 10 journalist. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay. So the, the premise of this story is I have a friend who is serving in the Ukrainian military. Oh, and interesting. When, yeah. I think he was drafted, actually. I don't think he volunteered. But when Russia invades your country, you got to go fight. Mm-hmm. So two years ago, he contacted me and he said, can you help me get military garments? Church distribution isn't sending things to the battlefield. And I was what like, are military sure, no garments? So if you're fighting in the military, you need camouflage undergarments, right? Because otherwise the enemy will know what you look like and you're like standing out. And so the church so for a long... your garments aren't white? They're right. camouflage colored? Okay. Right. Huh. So for this would be for as long as I can remember, but even longer than what I can remember, the church has made special garments, if you've been endowed, that you can wear that like are camouflaged or they match the uniform that you're assigned to for the, like the service you're oh, assigned to. Okay. Not okay, white interesting. ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I ordered some for him. Uh, well, I purchased them from him for him and then I shipped them to Ukraine, which was kind of pricey at the time because it was hard to get things in and out of Ukraine. Yeah. Well, so then he contacted me and he said, Hey, um, I was looking to get them again and the church has changed its policy. They don't make military garments anymore. And so oh. he's like, so this is just con- in the last couple months. Yeah. So this is the link. The link here is to the story from the church of December of 2023. Huh. And now what happens is if you want to get um, garments that are military, that the church just could not keep up with all the different branches of service and all of the different kinds different of countries. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what you do is you, um, what you, you, you put, just purchase the uniform and um, there's some guidelines in this link. And then you take those your uniform to Beehive Clothing 
and it says they will place marks in uniform tops and bottoms for the following endowed members. So if you're in the military, the U.S. Border Patrol, or a military contractor serving in a combat area, then they will put marks in the tops and bottoms. And then for other ones, they'll only put them in the tops. And so what you do now apparently is you take your uniform to beehive clothing and then they put marks in your clothing rather than making it and selling it as military clothing. Okay. But, but this is a problem for my friend in Ukraine. Yeah. Cause how does he get to a beehive beehive clothing? clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So they recommended that he talk to his state president about how to do that. Okay. So are you allowed to make your own garments? Like if you're a seamstress or whatever, you can only get garments from church distribution. Yeah. From beehive clothing. Yep. Yeah. I was just, just wondering. Yeah. But don't you think that's an interesting change? Yeah. It seems like an, a, a less convenient change, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, so for the church, I'm sure you save money because you're not making military undergarments. But but now it's on the person in the service to say, let me go get some marks put in by someone at Beehive Clothing. Interesting. But isn't it curious also that they don't just say you can do it yourself if you want to? Like what's special about Beehive Clothing? Yeah. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah. Well, now you're going to have to dig a little bit more because that was, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay, um, the church um, announced that the Provo, Utah Temple, it's under renovation right now. Um, it's the one that kind of has that janky 70s style. I know. I love it so much. Yeah, people love it. Well, it's not going to look anything like that anymore. They've already said that it's going to be completely remodeled. Um, they have put out a picture, a rendering of the new temple. It's quite beautiful there against the mountains. And they're going to rename the temple. It's going to be called the Provo, Utah Rock Canyon Temple. So... Hey, just to kind of distinguish it. We talked about this with the Red Cliffs Temple. You yeah, were saying that they were them naming after locations. Yeah, Rock well, Provo Canyon. has the city center temple. Yeah. Um, and this will be the Provo Rock Canyon Temple. Yeah. Um, okay. They've also announced the location for um, Jacksonville, Florida Temple mm. and Rexburg's second temple location. You're familiar with Rexburg. How far yes. is this away from the first temple? Three blocks, four blocks? Rexburg's a small town. <laughs> Do you know what people like to say? It's what? the only place in the church where there will be two temples on the same street. Oh, really? <laughs> I wow. think it's second, second East is the street that's kind of the main thoroughfare that goes. Uh, there's basically two streets, right? There's Main Street yeah. and then there's Second East. And so both temples will be on Second East. So one will be on like 700 North, I think. And then the other one will be over by the new Walmart, out by the freeway. So, so pretty close right. to each other. You could probably do a 5K race from one to temple to the uh-huh. other and then back again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's also, Melissa, got a fun name, the Teton River Temple. Yeah. I like that it's named the Teton River Temple. Maybe they're just doing this if there's two temples in the same town or the same location. Because St. George, now Red Cliffs, right? Those are basically oh. the same town. City Center, oh. Rock Canyon, Rexburg, and then... Teton. Maybe. It makes I'm pretty sense. sure this one is not closer to the Teton River than the other one was. But yeah. I don't think it would have been appropriate to be like the Rexburg Antelope Farm Temple. <laughs> the, the Walmart. Rexburg That's where everybody knows Panda, where it is. Panda Express Temple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the next story I have is that the First Presidency has put out their Easter message. Yes, okay. Melissa. The Easter message came out on February 20th. 
Okay, what? tell me more. This is interesting. Uh, I mean, the Easter message is whatever an Easter message is. I'm interested in who puts out an Easter message on February 20th. It's like the people that decorate for Christmas at Halloween time, right? Okay. It's They're time not for even one a- of my pet peeves. Okay. Yeah, it's not even President's Day. And I know. having the first presidency Easter message. Okay, but back up, okay? If it's Valentine's Day and you've still got your Christmas lights up and flashing <laughs> and your tree in your window with the lights lit every night, yes. that's a problem. Like, I want to knock on your door and be like, hey, excuse me, did you know it's Valentine's Day? Could you please enough with the Christmas lights? I know people love their holidays, but that that I just think, too much for I me. Think- I think this is it, Melissa. I think that's why they did this. It's a okay. subtle way for the first presidency to say to people, move on from Christmas. It's now <laughs> Easter season. <laughs> Put up your Easter tree. <laughs> well, probably President Nelson's got a neighbor with the tree up and he's like, I don't know the Christ-like way to do this. I don't know the best way to let them know <laughs> that they need to take down their tree. I know. Yeah. Isn't Easter coming up? Easter soon? message. <laughs> Well, the Easter message is really short. It's three paragraphs long. So I think that's interesting. Um, Maybe it's to help us give direction because you know how Easter Sunday is supposed to just be one hour of church and it's supposed to be very, you know, savior centered. Mm -hmm. Maybe as um, people are trying to plan their Easter program, they want to give them some direction. Although it's really just a testimony that Christ (laughs) was resurrected. Anyways, yeah. I'm sure there's a video that's going to drop closer to Easter. But yeah. um, maybe they didn't want people to panic. They're like, oh, my goodness, it's two weeks before Easter and the first presidency hasn't made a message or anything. And they're like, want to drop the video. What should closer I do? What the- should I do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yep, don't worry. Right. The message has been out since President's Day. You know what I wish they would drop? I loved that one year when they did those He Is Risen videos. They've done it a couple of times. Yeah. I really like those videos. Maybe they could drop do one it of again. those. I okay. they'll do it again. Okay. Yeah. I hope so. Um, hey, the, have you ever heard of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir? That's not their name. Have you ever heard of the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square, Tabcats? Right. You told me I have to call them Tabcats because I didn't That's know what, what to called. call them. Yeah. Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. Uh, they've announced their Southeast United States tour. So after oh. they go to Mexico, which they've already announced, and the Philippines, which they've already announced, in early fall of 2024, they're going to head to the Southern United States. So places like, I don't know, Florida and Georgia and places like that. Anyways, as this gets closer, um, we'll talk more about it, but they've announced it. And if you live in the South, you might want to try and find tickets for some of those um, those performances. And obviously a lot of them will also be free. So That sounds great. I hope that they sing all of the Southern classics like the like? What, that something star of Texas. Okay, I don't, I don't think they'll sing that one. What else you got? Uh, is Danny Boy a, cl- a classic song of the Southern United States? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm not sure. No, maybe they'll I'm sing some of those. Give me one that I can sing. Rousing Southern <laughs> spirituals. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They actually know are really celebrate. good at singing those Southern spirituals. They actually really do a good job with them. Yeah, they're kind but, of fun. Yeah, well, but cool. we sound dumb right now, so we should move on. Okay, let's move on. I really okay. <laughs> like this story. So okay. in Anchorage, Alaska, they that was one of the first locations to get a mini temple. And so if you okay. go there right now, you'll see this smaller temple. And then in the same parking lot, there is a stake center. And the church has announced that they are going to tear down that stake center and tear down that temple in Alaska and build a bigger temple in that same space. Oh, and so, okay. Yeah. And so 
what is happening is the members of the church in Anchorage said, we want to donate all of this stuff in our chapel to anybody who wants it. And so they invited the community to come and take things. And so you can watch this video on YouTube, or we put a link to it in the church news. There's a Muslim mosque that needed a pulpit and they're taking the pulpit from our church. And there's like a youth center in some city kind of North of Anchorage. They're like, there's nothing for us to do in the wintertime. We'd really like to have basketball stuff. So they're taking the basketball hoops from the church and some community thing needed pews. And so they're taking the pews out of the church. And so everything in this church building, they're donating to the community for other people to be able to use it. Yeah, that's cool. I like that story. Yeah. So this was one of the small temples that like Gordon B. Hinckley was doing in his Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think the first one was a bigger temple. Was it announced as a new temple or do you know? I I was actually surprised to hear that they were building a bigger temple there and tearing Mm -hmm. down this church. I didn't know that until I read this story Um, because I was in Anchorage uh, a couple months ago last summer. And I went to the temple and I thought, oh, this is so beautiful. And I had no idea that it was going to be remodeled or enlarged or whatever. Okay, interesting. Okay, cool. Have you ever been to one of those really tiny temples, Melissa? No. Yeah, they're no. fascinating. Like you you have the recommend desk and then like right behind the recommend desk is a baptismal font. And then okay. behind that is um, an endowment room. And then behind that is a celestial room. And then there's like a chapel waiting room off to the right, but they really are just tiny, tiny temples with everything right there. Yeah. And do you, it seems like, it seems like we had tried to go when we were on vacation once and I can't even remember where we were, but you had to like, you had to be able to provide people to do the ordinances. It seemed like. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Mom and I went to one in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I think it was Baton Rouge. And basically um, I don't think we were able to do a session, but maybe we did. And it was like, like there were people whose calling it was, was to open and close the temple. So basically they like opened the doors. There were maybe like 15 people there for a session. They did uh-huh. the session. And then, <laughs> and then as soon as you're done, they lock the doors behind you and everybody leaves. It's like yeah. not yeah. fully staffed. So yeah, you have to have an appointment so that people know to be there and you have enough workers and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a cool story. Okay, um, this is a little more Utah-centric. Do you know who um, Elder Tad Callister is? Yes, I just started listening to one of his books about the Book of Mormon. Oh, okay, yeah. He has another book about the atonement that I liked yeah. and have, have read a lot. Um, he's he's an emeritus leader in the church. So, yes. um, so that means that he used to be um, the Sunday School General President. Um, yes. He's had a lot of leadership roles. But he's no longer in technically in a leadership role. And so he's emeritus because he has held those callings. Okay. Do you know who Ken Paxton is? Um, Unfortunately, yes. Okay. Yeah. Ken Paxton. He's the attorney general of the state of Texas, right? Yes. Okay. So what happened was there was a Republican Party. They called it an annual Lincoln Day dinner. Okay. So it's kind of like this... um, it's a big kind of fundraiser. Like a fundraiser, yeah. And it's yeah. it's also like very like rah-rah pro-country kind of a thing. Yes. And yes. so um, so, anyways, it, so Davis County is in Utah, and they were holding this fundraiser, and they had two guest speakers, which were Ken Paxton, the Attorney General of Texas, and Tad R. Callister, who they 
list his name as Elder Tad R. Callister, right? They're giving him some clout for being uh, the elder who he is. And yeah. um, and so anyways, some people were upset that um, that Elder Callister was putting his name and giving a speech to raise money for a political party, for basically the Republican Party. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so- I could see that. Yeah. So people thought, Hey, that is that, is that cool? Can we do that? Um, and, and obviously a lot of people went to it cause they wanted to hear from elder Callister and probably Ken Paxton too. I'm not sure I why Texas attorney general was wasn't. at Utah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Why. But, um, but yeah. So what, what do you think? Do you think, I mean, elder Cal- Callister is emeritus. He didn't make the flyer that put his name as elder Callister. That's just who he's known as, but but definitely they're using his prestige to raise money for a political party. What do you think about that? Yeah, I would imagine that there are rules about when you can and can't use the title elder if oh, you're a hmm. general authority or emeritus. But I think if you're emeritus, it's technically true that you're still a general authority and yeah. could be referred to as elder. Yeah. Um, but it is not necessarily a good idea if it's for a political party and you're raising money because there's already this perception that um, – that the church and Republicans are super aligned. And so, so having, um, I don't care if he wants to, as a, as a person go speak for the Republican party, I have no problem with that, but anything that where you mentioned the church or your position in the church, I think Mm -hmm. you just have to be careful with that because Mm -hmm. people will just make a, right. They'll be like, Oh, the Democrat fundraiser didn't have an emeritus general authority. So what does that mean? What does the church think? Which, you know, maybe isn't fair, but that's just the way people are. And I think it's important to be aware of that. Yeah. I think, I think the church tries to be careful about not endorsing certain political parties. And this, this did not fall in line with that careful attitude at all. Right. Yeah. uh, Elder Callister has um, done a number of things like this since he's been an emeritus uh, general authority. Mm-hmm. There's there's a number of groups that he's involved in that are promoting conservative political agenda. And again, I don't have a problem with anybody promoting the political agenda that fits with their ideas, but it is you just have to be careful when you're in a public position in the church to not allow inference that the church somehow endorses what you're saying and what you're promoting. Yeah. Yeah, he should be able to have an opinion and to say what he thinks. Like that's definitely a right that he has. Um, yeah. And honestly, even as a member of the church, something that we believe that you should stand up for what you believe that you should be politically active. Like those are important things. So maybe it's just don't use the word elder when you're speaking right. in that. Ken Paxton that was right. impeached in the, the, they impeached him in the state of Texas. He wasn't convicted, but the things he was accused of and the things they presented evidence of were pretty horrific things. So for, as a member of the church, it offends me to think of the, of a leader of our church attending an event with somebody like that, right? But I can see that it's not necessarily like, I don't know, I can just see why it would make people upset. That okay. Don't associate the church with some, some of these bad individuals in politics. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's a strong opinion I decided to express, Melissa. Yeah, you did. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> okay. This story is, um, so there's a former LDS bishop. His last name is Gooden. He's facing additional charges of child abuse. Um, He's alleged to have um, sexually abused a number of people. And his stake president is now being charged with a felony for not reporting that abuse. Um, Hmm. Right. Doesn't it feel like we have this story like this every single time we talk? It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to make of this stuff. 
I, I don't like it. I know there yeah. is legislation in Utah right now that's proposing that Utah changes its laws surrounding this. In other words, it's um, and it hasn't passed, but it's it's under review by the legislature right now to make it so that um, clergy, so bishops in Utah, are mandatory reporters. Really, and Utah's going to change right that. Now. Well, it's wow. being discussed right now. Wow. Um, I think. I think. Yeah, but yeah. But you know, if you're a bishop, if you're a bishop and you're sexually abusing people, then the a proper ecclesiastical person to confess to is your stake president because right. the bishop can't confess to himself. Yeah. And so I could see why a stake president might say, I'm his ecclesiastical leader and this is confidential information. So I can understand why a stake president could go in that direction. At the same time, a bishop is in a position of tremendous trust from the mm-hmm. congregation Right. And um, yeah, I, I know what I would do, like hypothetically, but I also know that oftentimes in real life, I don't do what I would have hypothetically thought I would have done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I would like to have no more stories of people yeah. being abused and um, and then not additionally not getting support from the church and not getting legal action taken. I hope I'm if nothing else comes it. from this. Members of the church will just know that you can't trust somebody just because they have a calling and just because they're in a position of authority in our church. We have a lay yeah. leadership yeah. and you should not trust everything that a person says just by by virtue of the calling that they're in at the moment. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's a, it's a sad lesson to learn, but true. Um, hey, Melissa, vein, there couldn't be something more different than the story you're about to share. <laughs> well, no, I'm actually going to jump to another Mormon behaving badly oh, story. Okay, yeah, okay, good. I'm going to jump to Ruby Frankie. Yeah. Um, Ruby Frankie is the, you know, the social media influencer who abused yeah. her children. Um, just as a quick recap, her son um, had to escape out of a window after having not been fed and being um, tied up with duct tape. And he escaped and ran to a neighbor's house and the neighbor called and got him help. Um, Ruby Frankie, um, then, so she had many kids. Um, she, she was also working in connection with someone named Jody Hildebrandt. Anyways, Ruby Frankie did plead guilty and she has been sentenced. Um, her sentence was from four to 60 years in prison, um, for each of her four counts of aggravated child abuse. Um, I think that's a good sentence. I'm glad that she's going to serve time. Um, she did come out and make um, make a pretty interesting statement. Yeah, did um, you watch that? Yeah, did you? Yeah, I watch all those things. I can't get enough of them. Yeah, so explain to us her her statement. It was interesting, huh? Well, so at the sentencing, she was just so apologetic, and she acknowledged that she was wrong. Like she, in no way, tried to make any excuses for what she did. And but she, she said she was deceived. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I believed her that she was deceived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, um, like, this stuff always tears me up, Melissa, because I don't know what I'm supposed to think. Like, I feel like in some ways she's a victim. Like, not a victim, right? She did horrible things, but it's like the, the Mormons behaving badly, are they're rarely rational. They're rarely right. in their proper state of mind. Yeah. And they're almost always, like, deceived by somebody yeah. who led them down this awful path. Yeah. Okay. Sure. That's true. But what troubles me about Ruby Frankie is, um, 
you have so many kids. Can you can you honestly not see what's happening to them under your care? That's number one. And number right. two, then to go preach your way of handling these situations I know. I know. on it's social horrible. media. And right. honestly, though, she did she did say a lot of things on social media, like about how you should raise children, but she didn't talk about all the things she was doing. So that makes me think she knew it was wrong to duct tape your children. She knew it she, was wrong to lock them in a basement and not feed them. Like there was there was something about like knew. holding one of her kids underwater, like yes. he couldn't breathe. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And those things were not on her social media account. I mean, there were things that were, you know, that would lead up to that, but, yeah. but not those specific things. So yeah. Okay. I know it's a weird thing, Melissa. Like people will do something that's sort of like on the edge, right? Yeah. And then if they get praise for that it kind of pushes them a little bit further where they want to mm-hmm. go a little bit further. And I feel like Which is that what kind she kind of says this Jody Hildebrandt person did. Cause she was like her psychology mentor kind of a person. Yeah, And she really coach. does say like, yeah, she, she told me to do these things and I thought it was, you know, the right thing to do. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Hey, well, let's talk about some social media people who are members of the church that are getting positive attention. Okay. So we talked before about, maybe we didn't, so do you know who Nara Pellman is? Nara Pellman. Nara Pellman's really popular. So. She's married to a model and they have social media Oh, is media she Lucky stuff. Blue's wife? Yeah, Lucky Blue's wife. Yeah, yep. I know Lucky Blue. Well, I don't. I can't remember his last name, but she's like this big trad wife, traditional wife. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. And then okay, go the, on. Other one, the other one is her Instagram is like Ballerina Farmer or something like that, but yeah, her real I name is Hannah Yeah, I follow Ballerina Nielema. Farm. Yeah, I follow oh, Ballerina you do? Farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did yeah. you know that I know her uh, brother really, really well? No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't actually make the connection. Um, okay, so what's the story about these two? So these are just stories giving background information on these people. And okay. I just thought since we're going to talk about the Mormons behaving badly on social media, we should talk about yeah. some that are... So I guess I wouldn't say that they're without controversy. There right. are people that don't like the trad wife Instagram stuff. Well, I feel I, like... Is it Nara... Like I love her Instagram. I think it's I think it's lovely. I I like what she's trying to do. I don't think it's very Mormon looking. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's yeah, and and but that's okay. Like she can do Mormon her own way. And I and if she wants to, I mean, she's definitely like saying, like, I'm a member of the church. Like she's promoting her religion, you know, slightly in her feed. Like she's not yeah. shying away from it at all. And I think that's great. Yeah, I think it's nice that people show the diversity that there is within the church. Yeah. But I also think that the popularity of these channels kind of show that, like, there are people out there that want to see, like, the trad wife stuff is popular for a reason. Mm-hmm. And and people will criticize it and say, oh, it's, like, not reality. It's not the way things really are. And Sure. But but that's how all of it is, right? Isn't yeah. it all yeah. <laughs> a little bit fake? Like, well, it, it seems to me like there's a lot worse fake stuff out there than these kinds of social media accounts. Look, they're just promoting a lifestyle and um and as part of that they're promoting who they are. And frankly, if you can make money doing that, great. I'm happy for you. I I think that's <laughs> great. Like I don't think we should be under the assumption that anything on social media is 100% realistic. And that's right. not the assumption I'm going with. But like, yeah, if you want to portray a good life, a good way of living, a good religion, a good moral, I'm all for that. Go for it. Okay, well, Melissa, you get the last super exciting story, in my opinion. I can't wait to talk about this one. Oh, okay. Well, um, um, okay. 
I'm going to do this as big deal, little deal, no deal. Okay. 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 So well, I just got to say though, dailymail.com might be my favorite new website. <laughs> That's yeah, where this is man, coming from. You go on about social media and being concerned about the dangers of it. And then you say that, that dailymail.com is your favorite website. So I think just, I think the listeners should keep that in mind. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to give you a headline and we're going to say big deal, little deal, no deal. Okay. Okay. Mormon father of three reveals how coming out as a transgender woman has made her marriage to her childhood sweetheart even stronger, despite prompting them both to quit ultra-strict religion. <laughs> Big I love deal, it little so deal, much. no deal. Three, two, one. Big no deal. deal. <laughs> All right. Listen, so dailymail.com so slash UK. It's always from the UK. I know. It I know. is literally just the inquirer. But Matt, <laughs> you love it. And listeners, you can link to it because it's got some great pictures. And uh, Matt, <laughs> tell me why it's a big deal. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think it's no deal. Yeah. Well, so the, the gist of the story is, you know, this couple, they've been married and then one of them starts having uh, just gender dysphoria, I believe is what they call it, uh-huh. and says, I need to transition from man to woman. And his wife at the time, it was a he, right? His wife is like, whatever, like, uh, you know, you need to do what's best for you. And so the story is all about how, um, is it Amanda and Shay? I can't, I don't, I didn't read enough details to say who is who. who but, mm-hmm. but now they're still married and it's the same couple and there's, yeah. it just looks like two women married. And uh, instead of the man and woman that originally got married. And I like it because I think that marriage in its best form allows people to change as they grow and allows them to become different people. And I think that it's awesome that they stayed together. And I think that it's sad that they left the church. Sometimes I wish the church could be a place where you could feel like you can grow and change and be who you want to be at church and not feel like you have to get kicked out of the church. So that's why Uh I think it's a big deal. Big Uh deal because all of the good that made their marriage strong, and big deal because I hope the church could someday be that way. Yeah. I I just think it it makes transgenderism um, too much of like a shock story. And I just, I think it's a, I think it's an important issue and a serious issue. And I actually do like the way that this couple handled it and managed it much like you do, but I just don't like the shock sensation of, and now yeah, yeah, they've yeah. left their church and anyways. I know. And the ultra strict conservative yes. church. And yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. That's not a great part. Okay. Hey, listener, Melissa and I have decided we're going to start doing a new thing. We're going to midweek, we're going to drop some separate episodes that are just focused on interviews uh, where we're going to interview people that are in the news or maybe noteworthy individuals. And we're going to call this twim interviews. Is that what yeah. we want to call it, Melissa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So well, why are, we've just why been are we going to do about, this? Yeah. Well, we've just been talking about how much we love listening to twim and, um, and we love all of the different voices that are on twim these days. We've got the international hosts and we've got the twim sisters and, you know, occasionally we have extra guest hosts and, and, and it's interesting and enjoyable to listen to other people's perspectives. Um, but also there are things that are going on in the news that if we actually talk to the people involved in those stories would make them more interesting and more enlightening to us and to our listeners. So, 
So yeah. that's why. Um, it won't always be famous people. It won't always be big name people. Sometimes it will be everyday people who have interesting things happening. But we do want to stick with This Week in Mormon, the brand, and um, just kind of stay topical as far as what's happening, but just expand the way that we look at those stories. Yeah. So we're going to keep the weekly news just as it is, but yep. we're just going to have midweek things. I don't know exactly what day they'll drop, but we'll have additional content that's interviews. And yeah, I think it's important to have noteworthy people on. Uh, we have some guests that uh, I'm pretty excited about coming up yeah. that are some noteworthy kind of well-known We've got some individuals. some really good guests lined up. Yeah, I'm excited too. But then we also just have some everyday people. So uh, because my personal belief is that the everyday people are just as important as the noteworthy people. And they all have stories to tell that I think will help us better understand Mormon culture. And so, Agreed. in fact, one of our guests that's coming up is not a member of the church. And I'm excited to hear his perspective on Mormon culture as a not member of the church. Yeah. So, yeah, we hope you'll look forward to those. Um, our first one will drop later this week. And, um, and we would also just like to thank you for continuing to listen and support this week in Mormons. It's been so much fun doing this podcast and, and connecting with y'all. Yeah. So remember that you can subscribe to Patreon and get bonus content for just a few dollars a month. We're on social media. We're actually on YouTube. If you want to watch the YouTube video of our podcast, um, you can send comments to contact at thisweekinmormons.com, or you can go to our website and leave a voice comment. And hey, listener, thanks for listening to the original Mormon slash Latter-day Saint news podcast. Hope the to original join you again. Mormon news <laughs> podcast. Hey, and after <laughs> the interviews drop, let us know what you think about them. And if there's people you'd like us to talk to, let us know. We'll try and get anyone on that you think we should talk to. Have a great week.